Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, episode number 232. It's your host, David Palermo, tonight. So as always, tune in on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I know you subscribe. And as always, thank you for listening. We have so many listeners when I put a, a podcast out, even the day of the game uh, for the Patriots. So, you know, the last podcast, 232. Fast Pats at Bills preview. So this one is 233 with Pat Moran from the Moranalytics podcast. And Pat is very smart. And um, as always, I just talk right over my guests because I don't know when to shut the fuck up. So also, that's usual. And we're brought to you by Punch Drunk Sports, another comedy podcast, I guess, loosely on sports. But you never know what you're going to get. So, as always, unfiltered comedians from the comedy store and about. So, San Tripoli, Ari Shafir, Jason Tebow, tune in there. You got Classic Red Band coming on there, a sports band from the Joe Rogan podcast. And um, as always, just there, if you think this is wild card action, they're wild card action. And subscribe and follow them on Twitter. Um, they're on the All Things Comedy Network, owned by Bill Burr and uh, I believe El Madrigal and a few other people. So, pretty big deal. Very uh, like honored to be a part of that and just be able to spew out of my mouth and do dumb shit. Um, that said, Pat Moran is uh, a really, really good guest. And I can't wait to hear the feedback from people because we got to know a lot about Buffalo media and I'm not sure who's going to listen to this after he's featured. If you know, if it gets retweeted or whatever. So again, new listeners, I hope you enjoy it. I talk a lot as you can tell already. And, um, you know, I think Pat goes to a level with guests that are pretty interesting to areas where we want to know the answers to. And I can't think of enough for having the goal to stick with it. And he's got over a hundred something podcasts already. So subscribe to more analytics podcast on uh, everywhere you find your podcast. So same place you find on bills fan, find them as always. Hope you enjoy the podcast and thank you for the continued support. All right, welcome to podcast number 232. Um, as I said in the intro, I have on the line Pat Moran from Moranalytics Podcast. And um, Pat, you want to say hello and tell them about you real quick and where we can find you. You have one of the best podcasts, by the way, that I listen to. And to listen to uh, that, it's, it, to rent space in my ears says a lot. So, sorry. Sure. I appreciate it. No that. pressure. Appreciate it. By the way, 232 episodes you've had. It's pretty impressive, man. It's more than me. You got me by a good 70 or 80 right there. Well, like I was telling you pre-roll, I, I bought this this adapter because it, it kind of started from me talking to the guy I used to work for, and I still subcontract from where pretty much the conversations we're having, I decided to press record on because it's coming from a Joe Rogan experience sure. kind of thing. And it shouldn't be overproduced. And that's what I like about your podcast is you, you, you dig for, I feel there's so many great, my, my biggest beef with the bills is there's so many great topics. I don't want to hear about fucking leadership. I don't care about fucking leadership. I don't care about 
putting expectations on a player so high that when he doesn't meet them, that everybody runs him out of town. And meanwhile, I'm still sitting there in my popcorn, my Fitzpatrick jersey. I'm like, let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's right. I don't want to be sold like that. So it, it, you know, it's it's pretty basic, Pat. Everything's pretty basic. Hey, it works, man. Whatever works for you. I have a podcast, Moranalytics podcast. It's every Tuesday and Friday, and it's a very conversational podcast. It's not it's not exclusive Buffalo sports, but I'm very much geared towards Buffalo sports. I have a lot of people from the world of sports media on, as well as athletes and uh, entertainers, all different kinds of things. So it's just, it's a fun thing for me to do. I started it in February of 2018. I'm about 158 episodes in and it's a lot of fun, a lot of work, but it's, it's work that I enjoy doing. So I don't know how much work it actually is. And I've been very fortunate and blessed to have on many good local and national sports media figures and athletes as well. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. I've been able to build up a good audience. It didn't happen overnight. It's taken a lot of time, a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of promotion, a lot of more hours than sometimes than I would like, but it's all worth it to me because again, it's something that I enjoy doing. It never feels like work when you, when you wake up in the morning and you look forward to doing the next one. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with the Moranalytics podcast. And Pat, what I like about your, your podcast too, is you get to see people like, and it's a goal here, you know, um, Sal Capaccio, I thought I was like a Sal Capaccio OG. Like, oh, yeah, I know about Sal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I would tune on Sal. I'm an old, old school podcast fan, you know, because he was the only one. And, and I don't want to put myself on a pedestal, but it took me. Um, it, I had the idea to actually do my podcast a year before John Murphy started his show, believe it or not. Really? Yes. Word hmm. of God. Because it wasn't out there. And I would press. I had an Android at the time. And I had this app called Dogcatcher, and I would press refresh all the time, hoping that Sale would just do it. You know what I mean? Do another podcast, and you go literally six months. So, so then when he got hired by WGR, I'm like, hell yeah. And I already liked Joe Piscali at the time, you know, and uh, yeah. for Sale to come in, I was like, this is great. So I listened to um, your intro podcast, which was two minutes of what Moranalytics is about. And I followed that mm-hmm. up with um, Sal Capaccio, episode one. And yeah, fun fun fact about Sal, by the way, he was my first ever guest on the Moranalytics podcast. He was also, he's been on the show three times now. He was also my guest on my one year anniversary podcast episode. And then when I was just in Buffalo this summer, I did a Wings Wit series where I met up with a bunch of a series of guys from the Buffalo sports media. And Sal was the first guy that I hooked up with. We, Tate that O'Neill's at Orchard Park right across the street from New Air Field. So, yeah, Sale's a great guy. He's done the show three times, though. Yeah, and you know what's cool about Sale is um, I like that he's a fan. I like that he's a fan. Now, over the years, I've, I've grown to not think he's a homer in the homer club because I think that's offensive in a sense because he's more, I would call it glass half full. Like, guys, let's not write them out till they're written out. So when Sale says something that's a little bit – because he looks at things from a humanistic standpoint. And um, this podcast has never been meant to be clickbait. If my podcast says on the title uh, a year ago, two games in, and I, and Pat, a little bit about me, I've been a season ticket uh, holder. Not that it means shit. It just means that my bills and priorities aren't in the right spot as I look at my roof half torn apart over my garage and a screen broken on my screen door. 
and a deck that needs to yeah. be redone, and my lawnmower still broke. You know what I'm saying? So, um, right. I took last year a little fucking personal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, ah, Peterman, like, no, this is not our best chance to win. You know it. I know it. This offensive coordinator's got to go. This quarterback's coach got to go. I told you this, especially before you drafted Josh Allen, and I said it really afterwards, after you drafted Josh Allen, and you went into a draft more loaded than any other draft I can ever remember in Bill's history to change to a two and eight, whatever new defense you want to come up with. They had so much firepower. So, you know, to get rid of players that have been grown to love and all this stuff, it's it's been a whole thing. And Pat, honestly, I got my little shtick here and I got lost. So I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> well, we started off talking about Sal Capaccio. Oh, all right, all right, all right. I'll so tell you this. He he's is, human. He's he a is, human. An apology. He's, well, Sal is a very – first of all, he grew up a Bills fan. He's very unapologetic about it. But the thing about Sal is he knows how to separate his fandom from his work, and that's what makes him unique. I like the fact you said it perfectly. He's a glass half full kind of guy, typically speaking. Now he's become hardened through the years, working in the mainstream media, working oh, yeah. at WGR. Oh, that'll yeah. kind of do it to you. Having to deal with numerous trolls and phone calls all the time that are always negative. That kind of that'll get to you. But first of all, his, his credibility is as good as anybody who covers the team. He's literally. I mean, other people are in the press box. He's literally on the sidelines. So he gets a better vibe and a feel for the game than any other sports reporter out there. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. You'd be surprised at the things he'll do. You don't have to have, when I first started my podcast, it's a popular podcast now and lots of people listen, but guess what? When I first started it, nobody knew about it. What the hell is the Moranalytics podcast? What's a Moranalytics? Which, by the way, Moranalytics is nothing more than a wordplay in my last name. I don't know anything about analytics. My podcast has absolutely nothing to do with analytics. It's just a, a flat-out wordplay. But my point being is this. There was no guarantee that anyone was going to listen to this podcast, and Sale did it no questions asked. You know what I'm saying? He's just that kind of guy. I've heard him do podcasts of people that I'm sure a lot of people out there probably never even heard of these people or these podcasts that Sale's done. So he's a very giving, generous person. And in terms that I know, I've heard it through the years too. Sale's a homer. Sale's a homer. Sale's this, sales that. You know he's not. You know what? He's an objective Buffalo Bills reporter, mm-hmm. but he puts a positive spin on things as often as he can. And I don't think he should have to apologize. First of all, he works at a radio station that has Buffalo Bills games. You can't go on there and completely berate the team every single day. You can't do that. It's just the way it works. But, you know, again, I just, I feel like he gets, he not so much anymore. I think people have come to understand that, but early on he got a really bad rap because of that. And it just, it, I, it bothers me because it was never fair. He's, ne- I, I, he's always I, I, been a I'm very a such a big unbiased fan. reporter. Such a big fan, yeah, dude. Like, like I, I, I've reached, um, you know, I, I've definitely tried to reach out to him, like, you know, show a little love and stuff over the years, you know, just he's such, you know, what I like about him is um, I come out through a hustle background, Pat. My dad's into rock and roll and, you know, does collision work and is a street guy, you know, so you can elaborate however much you want on that. And my mom's an yeah. immigrant from Italy. She moves here when she was 18 from northern Italy, because I have to be specific, because she judges. And even though her father's from Naples and was a professor, and my grandmother was an elementary school teacher, her still she's still alive, what am I talking about? But she moved here at 18 with some family, met my dad, and at 20 had me in 84. Yeah. So I grew up with sports and music, and one thing I've always been taught is, is having respect. And I remember being a young kid, 
and, and frankly, judging a streetwalker, and my dad told me, you think you're fucking better than them. I'm like, what are you? They're going through their thing. They're doing what they have to do. And one thing I feel with Sal is a very human, classic, classic, shake your hand. How are you doing? And really, I think he's a genuine. I get a very, I don't want to put him on a pedestal because I don't know him, but I've always gotten a very genuine vibe from that guy. And one other thing I've learned, too, is from streetwise and from lifewise and subcontractor-wise is, opportunity only comes and sometimes you have to create opportunity and most of the times you have to create opportunity why do i keep podcasting even though i frankly you know uh have lost a lot of interest in in doing a bills only podcast i'm learning about life instead and you know it's it's i'm doing it because i set myself into the system that i want to do it's my art project this is what i enjoy and it's gonna work. I'm gonna do it. When sales like, yeah, I thought I was just gonna be, uh, or you know, so what I do? I'm a coach. I'm a school teacher, and, and I'm fine with that, you know. And right now, um, parallel thought with him, he takes opportunity, frankly, Pat, and he takes it all the time. Sure. He is not too good for anything. He, no, he's not at all. He's a very down to earth person. When I did my show with him in O'Neill's this summer, I had him. He brought his wife and his young son Maxwell and. They were great. He's, just a, he's a very accommodating person. You haven't been able to get a hold of him yet. Catch him at the right time. This might not be the right time in the middle of Buffalo Bills season. And the one other thing, too, and this is something that people need to realize, Sal knows football as well as anybody. He's, I'm down here in Florida. Sal coached in Florida for over a decade about at a school that's probably less than an hour away from where I'm living right now in Florida. So he, he played football. He coached high school football. He has a lot of experience with the X's and O's factor of football. So when you combine that, his knowledge of the game, as well, like I said, just being an overall general nice guy, got a really good person. And I'll, let me say this, okay? And I'm not trying to do any media, sports media ass kissing here, but one really good thing about the Buffalo sports media, and it's not like I know a bunch of them from a bunch of other cities to really draw any fair comparison to, but the Buffalo sports media as a whole, with exceptions, I'm sure there's exceptions, but as a whole, there are a bunch of really good guys and women, very nice people, very accommodating, very down-to-earth people, and they work together so often, so much, that quite often they get close to each other. Now, there's exceptions, you know, competing rival publications. You have the Buffalo News and the Athletic. That's been a big thing over the last year or so. Some kind of public feuding going on there. But for the most part, overall as a whole, the TV, the news stations, the radio, the print, all of them, they work together they develop good relationships, and for the most part, they're very good to fans. And when you approach them, if you're not a if you're not a jerk about it, and you do it the right way, more times than not, you're going to get a response for them. And if you ask them to do something, if they could do it for you, more than likely they're going to. And that definitely starts with sales. Hey Pat, honest sure. question right Stop. now. Okay. So I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you something else about how the fuck did they let you do that? So. Essentially, where Instagram is at right now, it's the platform for everything for me. Where when I was more into like, I'm going to kick down the doors of podcasting, Instagram wasn't ready yet. So I started going down the algorithm of let's do YouTube videos. I'm going to do a live comedic value, paint my fucking S10, uh, cold front on it, run over a Tom Brady blow up doll, my friend Deacon, who helped produce it. And he plays like a fake Mike Rodak. And then Tom Brady has a little needle and augs that we run over, you know. Instagram, 
is where it's at, right? So I do these live videos now before, halftime, and after, just for the fuck of it. Now, I usually like to be a cut above Pat, meaning if I'm going to do a Facebook live video, it's still going to be pro. I'm going to have a little interface, which I can show you how to do if you ever want to do it. I, I don't know if you do it or not. You might already. But where you can have a nice well, little live interface with like real graphics and make it look a little bougie, as you would say, but not gaudy. Any way you want it, really. Does that make sense? It does. I got to be honest with you, though, man. Um, I currently, as of right now, I don't have Instagram. I decided first. I didn't really know anything about Instagram, and at mm-hmm. first, when it was became popular, it was just about putting up pictures. I had no professional reason to have one. Right. I didn't care about it personally. I'm like, I already got Facebook, and I already have Twitter. That's everything that I need. So I didn't care about Instagram. I know, and I've been told by several people that I should have an Instagram. I probably will at some point. But right now, I put forth so much effort in building up my Facebook following and especially my Twitter following. I spend a lot more time on Twitter than anything else. And it's like I kind of want to put my focus and energy on that. I have a YouTube channel page, which right now I only do audio content on there, which I'm going to be picking up a lot. of. I'm going to do a lot more of that in the coming weeks, in fact. So I don't do any videos. But as of right now, at least anyway, I have not used Instagram I'm going to do the research. I'm going to find out what the benefits are. I'm sure there are benefits. I'll tell you what they are right now. You ready for it? Not to cut right, you go off. Ahead. You tell me. And maybe you tell me. And if you impress okay. me enough, maybe tomorrow, Grandalix <sighs> podcast will have an Instagram page. This is, so, this is so weird. I've never talked about this on the podcast. But my entire life, Pat, I have been um, very, I've been waiting for the golden ticket out of construction. I see these old guys not raising their prices. I go to bat. I try to be dry old Jesus. It doesn't work out for me. I'm banished from the tribe. Black sheep type shit, right? And you realize that this is a pattern everywhere. This is why I was telling you before on pre-roll, hey, I'm going to do this stuff this way and just see what happens, right? So what I'm getting at here to round it back out to you is, I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, a couple of them, which I'll send you um, off air. Um, actually, I'll just say them. One is called Solopreneur Hour, and another one is called Quick Talk Podcast. And a listener of this podcast, Jesse, um, he has a company called Geotherm, and it's a very systemized business. He handed me this book called The E-Myth, and I'm the slowest reader ever. And it's, it's, I've had it for over a year and a couple of months. He's going to hear this and be like, oh, I need that back. And this other book, Seven Power Contractor. What it does is it essentially teaches you how to systemize um, your business. Think McDonald's and how to teach somebody off the street how to run it. So I've been really focused behind the scenes working on my business that way. And at the same time, how can I grow a podcast, do this and that? Well, once the corporations and the whole thing with um, the whole free internet neutrality bullshit went down, well, now you have the corporate media who are not fucking creative at all getting into my space. Well, I'm not going to go make my YouTube video that takes like a whole night of production for fucking two minutes. You follow me and edit it on iMovie and send it this and that and do all this crap. And I make my own music too. So it's like uh, for the podcast and it's just like, you know, I just, you know, I, I throw my hands up in the air. So what I'm getting at is through all this, I have to sift. And even with music, cause that's my derivative first, my love is music is I have to know the best way, the highest variables as a broke artist. 
as to how to survive. What is the merchandising profits? What are your advertising profits? What are your best values? And I'm just telling you, Instagram is a very efficient platform that a lot of people are on. I believe people might be actually leaving Facebook a little bit. Um, I've definitely tuned out. I know a lot of people who have. And Twitter, I believe, plateaued in followers, I believe, three years ago, maybe five. So I'm not trying to say you should get on or on. Um, If you're married, definitely you know, don't follow any, you know, big booty, whatever you want to say there. Okay, Pat, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but just be careful when you take it out in front of kids and stuff, depending on who you follow, because you can go down a bad rabbit hole, just like Twitter. But I've been telling uh, my buddy, Eric Turner, there, cover one. He's been in my corner I'm since I started Eric. this. He, isn't he the best? I love Eric. Eric has been my biggest supporter. He got me to the sidelines at training camp a couple of years ago. And yeah, Eric's a good guy. Eric's been on my show. I've had Eric on the show before. He's a great talker, and uh, I've tried to get him going more, and he doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to podcast all the time. I wish you would. Well, more. he puts all of his he puts his time and energy into film study and putting out articles. I he's, get why. He's so efficient. He's a great talker. And he also he has an outstanding radio voice. I told him I was jealous and kind of pissed off at him before because he sounds so good on the air. But yeah, he's not very much interested in talking. He's more of a He's a film guy. He's a, he's a writing guy. He's an analytical guy. I don't want to take any credit, but your boy here might have gave him the nuts and bolts and encouraged him to do his podcast. That is fucking awesome yeah. now. So, I'm, I mean, no, no humble bragging, Pat. So here's what I got to ask you about media. Was it a dick move that as I go on Instagram live during halftime and I'm bougie and got my first club seat like an idiot and I go outside of Tire Tub Club at halftime and Chris Brown... Walks by me, and I'm like, Chris Brown, big fan. And he, yell, and he throws classically like a hand up like he's running by. And, you know, of course, I shout out my podcast. No, Bill's it, you know. And then, you know, I, I so what I was going to tell you is through Eric, so I did that. And the Buffalo media is really cool. That I think for the most part, like really cool. And I think guys at WGR, I think they get a bad rap. I've had Nate Geary on a bunch. I told Nate we were part of this thing called Bills Fanatics, um, which is actually blowing up right now. And, and credit to those guys. I know about it. But, I mean, yep. we, yeah, uh, you know, there's there's things uh, with everything. So it's like, you know, I don't, I wanted to be Ronin pretty much is what you would say. I guess one of my favorite podcasts, host, Sam Tripoli says, which is just like, you know, you go by your own beat and, and you're, you're not going to go to bat for somebody that you don't know personally, pretty much. Like, I'm not going to go to bat for a celebrity. I don't know if they touch kids or not. Fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, I can't. They're not my friend. Who I can't back Hillary. These are just people, you know? And, um, yeah, so essentially with the media, Pat, because, again, I'm getting lost here and my dumb thoughts. Um, they're really cool. And when I went to the sidelines, thanks to Eric Turner, um, he put me under, he started Grand State Sports Network. And I met Nate Geary the year prior, or was it a year prior? Or maybe two years prior. Yeah, I think it was a year prior with Bill's Fanatics. And I told Nate on Twitter before I met him, I go, dude, Nate, you're like the next best thing for for Buffalo Radio. Like, you're my draft pick, dude. I'm telling you. Oh, dude, no way, really? And, like, to hear him, again, grinding. Anytime I ask him to come on a podcast, he comes on and... He's enthusiastic. 
And then, you know, again, when I was on Twitter back in the day, I used to think, too, oh, man, they're really negative. The media is negative. And I used to kind of dig into some guys on Twitter, and I'm not really proud of it. I'll even admit it. Like, Sal Marana, I used to hate his takes. But you want to know something, Pat? You know what I realize now? All respect to them because they're not stupid, and they see patterns, they see trends, and they see it, and they call it how they see it, and it's not always going to be what people want to hear, and there's always going to be a new wave of fans who buy into whatever media the sports team is putting out, which they're a billion-dollar industry. They have a fucking million-dollar-something PR department, right? Media department? Like, there's a reason Donald Jones and and Ruben Brown, I believe, aren't on the air for John Murphy. My own conspiracy theory take here, Pat, is because they were calling it how it is. Well, let me tell you this, okay? Let me say this about when it comes to, like, local sports media. The people that I could speak for, at least, all right? And I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I've had a lot of episodes, and it's primarily a sports media-based podcast. So I've had Nick Gary on the show multiple times. Sam Mariano is another guy. I've had him on the podcast. When you, you spoke of WGR, they are mostly good guys. And again, I've had a lot of them on my show. I've had Howard Simon on my podcast. I've had Jeremy White, by the way, well wishes going to him and his wife, of course. I've had him on my podcast. Um, I've had Joe DiBiase from WGR on my podcast as well. You got to, here's something that you need to understand. And everyone needs to understand about people when it comes to the sports media, or just public figures in general. And this is something that I don't think, I knew a lot about when I first started my podcast, but as I've gotten to interview sports media people and athletes and entertainers, celebrities to some extent, they get hardened after a while, okay? When you put out your podcast or you send out a tweet, I mean, let's be real here. Generally speaking, and I'll speak to myself too, same thing with me. When I put on my podcast, generally speaking, not a lot of people are going to give a shit about what I have to say. Sometimes I'll put out a tweet and sure, it gets a ton of likes and retweets, but there's plenty of tweets and thoughts that I put out there that not a lot of people really care that much about. But when you're somebody like, say, Sal Mariano or Sal Capaccio or Tim Graham or Joe Biscaglia, somebody like that, when you have a take on something, whether it's on the air, whether it's something that you write, whether it's something that you tweet out, people are going to come at you because it's a natural way of life. People, there's just trolls out there. Some more than others, they're going to take shots at you no matter what you do. Tim Graham could be the greatest, he is one of the best feature writers that I've ever seen in my life, okay? And Tim's engaging with people on Twitter. Sometimes he goes over the line and he gets first, someone gets personal with him, he gets personal with them back. He's kind of cut back on that over the last year or so. But he used to be really bad. Well, here's my point that I'm trying to make. Oh, okay. it all when you hear, when you hear enough people come at you and say negative shit about you all the time, you start fighting back. Or if you don't fight back, you just get, you get vulnerable. You put, you put a wall up, so to speak, where you don't really pay attention to people much anymore and when you stop paying attention to people because you get so much negative bullshit no matter what you do when you stop paying attention people think you're egotistical people think you put your your nose up at them that you're always being condescending when the reality is you can only deal with trolls so much before it starts to get to a point where you say it's just not worth it anymore and now you're only going on twitter and you're only putting out your stories and now you don't want to be engaged with fans and stuff anymore because of a small percentage of people that kind of ruin it for everybody. So in a lot of cases with these sports media people, and they all handle it differently. Some people, when they deal with trolls, they fight back with them. Like Meg Gary's pretty notorious for doing that. I've told them several times. I'm like, why do you bother? Mike Harrington is another one. He's always going back at people. Tim Graham to a lesser extent is another one. Then there's other people like say 
Paul Hamilton from WGR, who, by the way, I should have mentioned him, a guest on my podcast, was not a big Paul Hamilton fan before he was on my show, became one of the biggest Paul Hamilton fans ever when he was done because I thought he was absolutely amazing on the show. But anyway, point being, he ain't messing around with you. You talk shit to him, he's blocking you. Period, end of story. And a lot of people will say things, oh, you're blocked by Paul Hamilton, this and that, calling him names and stuff. He just ain't going to deal with that bullshit. And then there's some people who are kind of in the middle. And a lot of young sports media people out there right now are engaging with fans. But again, there's a small percentage of trolls out there that they ruin it for you, for the other people, and they make some of these people, whether it's sports media or especially athletes, that they just say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. And then they kind of close off a little bit. So that's part of the problem is the trolls out there, whether it's Instagram. I see, I mean, I don't have Instagram, but I see a lot of Instagram things that end up on Twitter. Some of the comments that people make about something, they're just so personal and they're so over the line. It gets to a point like, why am I going to fucking deal with you? Well, I don't have to deal with you and I'm not going to. You know what I mean? Uh, Pat, you're echoing in my ear. And, and frankly, dude, when this podcast started, I would sit there in the robe. I frankly just, I, I, I became a, like, it took me until I was 29 to start smoking weed. I was very conservative growing up. Um, as far as, like, I was straight edge. I don't know if you know what that is. Like, I, I went to Yeah, Sarah, I, know what, I know what it is. Yeah. I was at from after 21 to 29. My best friend went to Syracuse. Um, he was a year younger than me. He went to Syracuse. And I would go up there and party. And by partying, meaning I never touched coke in my life or any other drugs besides, I guess, weed. And I would be, like, fucked up at pregame on the floor, you know, being a keystone killer. And, you know what I mean? That was, like, the extent. And I've always had to get back to work or I'd be more into going to, like, the Buffalo shows or Syracuse shows because I'm in Rochester. So I go an hour and a half each way. And, you know, I've learned with music and stuff that, and even at an early age, that like wrestling taught me as I'm getting pinned in front of, you know, everybody and stuff, you get humbled quickly and to deal with them. But I'll be honest, I don't have that fight anymore to, to really deal with it. So I really empathize with Paul Hamilton because you know what I realized, Pat, is... I really wanted the attention. I wanted to deal with trolls. I wanted to spar with them. There's some guys I can mention on Twitter. That's why they do it. You want to? Okay. That's why they do I, it. I've had sparring matches with some people, and that that are well, you know, that I am friends with. And at the end of the day, I really feel I'm right. I call a lot of shit, and this podcast is about documenting my shit talk. And you know, it's. It's been a work in progress finding out like why I do it, this and that, just have a good time or do, do I want to update this? And I'll tell you, it, it's so tiring when you put effort into shit and then this guy who hates their life because of a problem they probably created themselves or their life just sucks. You go to Twitter with no life and you go attack a fucking player. You go attack a Buffalo media guy. Oh, you're always negative. Well, do you know their point? Like, I don't know if you like them or not, but I think, frankly, um, do you still, you listen to WGR, right? Regularly? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I'm not in Buffalo anymore, so I don't get to listen to the radio every day. No, but I do the, I do I the RSS clips, feed. I listen, I listen to a lot of stuff on demand, so it might not be mm -hmm. live at that time, but I, cons I consume my share of WGR, so, sure. I do all RSS feeds through my podcast app, whatever one I'm using, and um, I'll get Chopin Bulldog, and, and that's actually my go-to over Jeremy and Howard. And what I like about all those personalities is that they have their shtick. Now, one shtick that I've grown to is I've become a very big Mike Schultz fan, 
And a lot of people went out like that. And even my friends on the van ride home from Buffalo and my van, we'd be driving back. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to listen to what he's saying. Listen to what he's saying. Hold on. Um, and, and what he would do is he's a philosophical fan. Does that make sense? So he goes deep. He goes deep, layers, layers, layers deep. And I believe he stands by his word on players. So example, he thought the way they treated Tyrod Taylor was pretty crappy both times. And his whole point is when you look at the numbers, you know, they were having a conversation, you know, the turnover thing has been done over and over, you know, Tyrod or Allen or whatever, you know, you can go whatever way. And, and I'm more in, in, in Shope's corner as far as phil- philosophy, it, it's chess. It really is chess. You know what I mean? I've always looked at it like chess. A good coach can get the best out of its players. So when people try to articulate this point, at the same time, I realize, wait a second, these guys need to drive narratives. It's their job. They have to fill out time. So sometimes they have to have these general conversations. And I'm sure, you know, it can get tiring to take dumb call after dumb call after dumb call. And then they don't want to listen. And then they're attacked on Twitter again. And it's like, how long can you deal with that? Like, how long are we looking in our phones at fucking Twitter mentions? I thought I would be able to run this podcast all from a scaffold, Pat. That's been the whole thing. My phone, a dust mask, sanding drywall, and a fucking scaffold. You know, and I'm sending tweets, and I'm feeling guilty that I'm not up on Twitter. And I'm just like, my head's going to explode. And then to get thrown some shade from a guy that's never listened to my fucking podcast. You know what I mean? It's It sucks. It, it, it's Paul Hamilton, thank you. And it, by the way, Pat, before I shoot it back to you, one of the best fucking podcasts I have ever listened to um, was the Paul Hamilton podcast. And I listened to that one about, I believe, four months ago. Did you do that one, or was it longer than that? Yeah, it was earlier. It was that sounds about right, right around that time frame. It was. Uh, I didn't expect it. Again, I asked Paul to do the podcast, and I had never some of these guys I've developed friendships with. And have relationships with, but I've never really had a conversation with Paul before. And I kind of sarcastically said, "When are you going to do the podcast, man?" And he said, "Well, when are you going to ask me on?" All right. Well, I asked him and shot him a DM. We set it up, and I didn't know what to expect because, again, Paul, I'm a kind of a, you know, I'm a little bit of a jokester. I like to have a little fun with fans on Twitter. I they talk some shit to me, I talk some shit back, whatever have you. A little banner back and forth. I don't really block people. Maybe I'll mute you, but it's going to take a lot for me to mute you because I just usually don't let that bother me. But anyway, again, Paul's a no-nonsense guy. You don't play around on Twitter, man. You, you get on his bad side. You swear at him. You say something that he thinks is disrespectful. He's going to run you. He's going to block you. And that's the end of it. So anyway, point being is I didn't know that he would be personable or not when I had this pie. I didn't know if he would take the interview serious, but it was outstanding. He went for almost an hour. He told a lot of – talked about his life and his career, things I didn't know about him. I didn't know what a great hockey player he was I, growing up. I. I knew he – yeah, I knew he was a great, I knew he's a big time hockey guy. Like there's not, I would put my money on Paul Hamilton against anybody when it comes to hockey knowledge in the Buffalo sports media and pretty much sports media period. Okay. But he, he told the story about his wife and her illness in the past and all that. He got very real on the podcast. So I have a lot of respect for him when it comes to stuff like that. But let me, one thing I want to say that yeah. when you're talking about people like Shelf, okay, you got to understand something. We live in a generation now. And again, knowing so many sports media people and how things work a little bit better now, a lot of things that are said on the air are intentional and it's unfortunate and I'm not a fan of it. Okay. But 
sometimes, and I'm just using Mike as one example, he knows what he's doing, okay? If he, first of all, I mean, I mean, trolls might be getting on his nerves, shitty calls, and that might trigger him a little bit, but he also knows that sometimes saying something for the purpose of effect matters, okay? We live in a society now, first take on ESPN where Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless on Undisputed, they say and they tweet stupid shit and they do it 100% on purpose because it incites a reaction. So inciting a bad reaction is better than not having any reaction at all where you're irrelevant. So basically what I'm saying is it's better, in a lot of people's minds, it's better to be hated than it is to not be cared about at all. Like Jerry Sullivan's a perfect example. Sully is one of the nicest guys, by the way, you'll ever meet in your entire lifetime, okay? But you know how he comes across as a newspaper writer all these years. He's very ornery on Twitter, very negative on Twitter all the time. I promise you, promise you that that is not an accident. Again, so he's the kind of guy he'd rather have you hated on him than not talking about him. And it, what I'm saying is there's a lot of people like that. Show to a lesser extent is kind of I like kinda, that. There's not a lot of old school. There's not a lot of old school radio guys like there's not a lot of old school radio media people like that anymore. Someone like Howard Simon, straight up sports talk. You know what I'm saying? There's not a lot of people like Howard left anymore. Yeah, it, I mean, I came up with like I was telling you before in pre-roll. I came up with Sports Center, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick show. You know what I mean? That that, that shit was all coming around with BlackBerry, and it really all started when it's like all oh, the bills might. Uh, I heard a, I heard from a source that Bill Cowher actually was at the facility um, before Changi was hired, but he was actually there. So I was like trying to listen to national media pick up on it all during the day, and you know I found show up a bulldog on my way home from like Canandaigua, like which is forty minutes from home on way home from work. They're streamed on ninety six five CMF, but I have a thing where I hate radio commercials, so I, I used to actually listen to uh, Ross Tucker podcast. And, and stuff and I still do um and yeah with with ESPN when he was on there with Matt Williamson and I used to listen to that um yeah Ross has been on my podcast too I keep I keep name dropping on you but you keep naming these guys well, dude, I like, told oh, you done, I named dropped to you in my in my intro tweet man I was like hey man John Fina's my cousin he don't know it I don't know him and uh I don't even know how to get a hold of him you know what I mean? Not a very popular former Buffalo Bill, by the way, John Fina. I just want to throw that out there. I know a lot of people, a lot of former players, a lot of people who covered John Fina. Not a fan of his. I liked him. I had a good conversation with him. But he was very standoffish with the media and actually with some of his teammates. I'm going to be completely honest with you, man. I've heard many stories. John Fina, not one of the more popular Bills. I didn't mean to throw you off. Oh, no, dude. It's fine, at, man. That's what it's about. I, I just, Like I said, I just... It By the way, you, yeah, John Fina, another podcast guest of mine, too. I just keep name dropping. That's why I, I did it. It's like, a, it's like a disease, man. That's what I did. It's like when you go, you know, when you go through a profile, you got to find something common. So I have something cool to say about um, Tim Graham. Um, now, truth Maybe. be told, I would love to read a lot more. And, you know, my passion, um, it, it, it's really my passion is career change, but at the same time, maybe working to making trying to make a, a sellable business and what i'm doing which sounds impossible it's like coming out with like a new music genre for your town you know but all because somebody hasn't really done it doesn't mean i can't do it you know so it's kind of like a thing where i'm systematically transposing those skills to podcasting so now it's like okay one podcast a week i have a guy writing um my friend tim avery who just got married so after his wedding Great wedding. I missed the Pats game to that, which we can get into later. But real quick, um, 
Tim Graham is always inspiring because I love that no matter what, he talks. And I wish I read his stuff more. I've probably read, honestly, like three articles in my life. Um, but I'm a fan of these people when you hear them talk. I'm a fan of them when I see them on Twitter. And Tim is a guy where you could seriously just like sit back and read his Twitter wars for fucking ever. And it's yeah. it's gold. It's like, hey, if I could extend the vine, Pat, it, it would be for that guy. And here's why. Because back in 09 when I joined Twitter or something like that, within a couple of years, I tweeted him like, Hey, Tim, not to be that guy, but you have a grammatical error here. And he got back to me. Hey, really appreciate it. Thank you. And it's not much. It's not much. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah, listen, um, Tim, when I first started the Moranalytics podcast, I talked to Sal Capaccio and Tim Graham and, and then Tyler Dunn, three people ahead of time and said, I need you to be on my I need you to be a guest on my podcast really early on. I want to build up some street cred. Having you on the show will be instant street cred. Tim did it. Like I told you, Sal's been on the podcast three times. I've had Tim on three times, too. He did my second ever episode. He did my 100th episode ever. And just last month or two months ago in August, when I was in Buffalo for a couple of weeks doing my Wings Wit series, Tim and I went to Autobahn North, had a couple of beers, and we did a podcast. So, yes, he's a very good guy. And I'll tell you a quick Tim Graham story. Back in 2001, when Tim Graham was covering the Buffalo Sabres, and this will speak to the kind of guy that he is. I worked for a little local rag paper. Okay. Didn't know anyone in the world. It was the first time in my life I had ever been in a professional press box. I mean, I had been in high school press boxes and stuff like that, but I was intimidated, man. I was at the Sabres. I was at the new arena. I was relatively new at the time. I think it was maybe five years old, six at the most, something like that. I didn't know anybody. I was a little bit intimidated by sports media people, mainstream people at the time, the guys that I saw on TV every night at 11 o'clock or bylines that I saw on the Buffalo news every day. That was a little bit intimidating to a sports media fan like myself. I was a little nervous and I think Tim picked up on that and Tim introduced himself to me the first night I was ever in the press box, kind of struck up a nice little friendship. He treated me, and this is a good thing about Tim Graham. He treated me on the same level as he would his colleagues, Jerry Sullivan or anybody like that. That's the kind of guy he is. He'll treat you as good as anyone else, but he'll also treat you just as shitty as you treat him. Like he'll come at you like on Twitter. You could be, you could have five followers or you could have 500,000 followers. It doesn't matter. If you ask him something, he's going to answer you all the same. He's not going to kiss your ass because you're someone famous because he has fought with a lot of well-known people in the sports media and athletes as well, but he'll also uh, won't yeah. treat you like shit and he won't treat you like shit because you don't have a following. He's going to treat you the same. One more quick thing too. I was in like maybe 2009, 2010, I was doing some research. I was considering running a book about baby Joe Macy at the time. And I remember Tim from covering Joe Macy. And I asked him some questions and he has worked at ESPN.com at the time. Very busy covering the entire AFC East for ESPN.com. And I asked him some Joe Macy questions. And every single time I asked him a question, he gave me answers. And he always said, call me. You need anything else? Call me, call me, call me. That's just the kind of guy he is. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a very big Tim Graham fan, a very big Tim Graham fan. I just think they're really smart, all of them, every single one of them. Um, there have been some dumb questions, and, and, and a little cheat code here is uh, a, a very good friend of mine. His name is Mike Sawyer, and um, he is in school for public relations. So if you go on my Instagram or see anything, everything has a purpose. You know what I mean? Um, so. Yeah. 
I am definitely the one to definitely throw some shit out there. And it's more of the way I display it, which is just like an unfiltered. I don't want to call myself a comic because I don't do stand up, but it's it's that's it. You know, like this podcast is part of this uh, podcast called Punch Drunk Sports Network. And mm-hmm. it's a thing where allegedly they have a website come for the last three years and people who follow that podcast would understand that joke. But essentially it's one de- like a couple degrees from Joe Rogan in some weird way. So um, a guy saying Tripoli and another guy, Ira Shafir and a couple other people and Rogan's old producer, Red Band, facilitated them starting up Punch Drunk Sports. And I just threw some love out there on Twitter Hey, old Death Squad fan, yada, yada, yada. And the guy saying Tripoli, who started the podcast, he got a hold of me and I befriended him. And come to find out, he's from Cortland. I knew this before, though. He's from Cortland, New York, from the 607. And he ended up going to school in Vegas and has been in West Hollywood pretty much, you know, at like that whole ring of friends, the whole Rogan crew, the whole Death Squad crew, you know. So it's like to be. A part of that tells me that's cool that I'm getting recognized and I've befriended him over the years now. And he has another podcast, Tinfoil Hat, which is pretty much what he would call training wheels to conspiracy, you know. And I I personally hate the word conspiracy theorist. It's a whole different like rabbit hole of CIA like term coin thing and it's gross and it gets blanketed. And, you know, that's an issue that over the years, I found the team and, and other things that learning about media, back to my friend Mike, he's taught me a lot about how things work and everything has a purpose and da 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 And like you said, even about Mike, like, of course, he's going to say it that way. You know, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Like, you're 100% right. And um, I just respect the guys a lot, too, that don't always have to go for, especially don't have to go for the clickbait. And if you go through my stuff, there are definitely some titles where I straight up said when the Bills were like 0-2 or something, whatever it was last year. I can't remember because I erased 2018, I promise. Um, I said, if this is how it's going to go, get rid of the coach, frankly. I don't care. Oh, this is just how, no. No, no, no. This is anything but Rex Ryan to everybody else. This is not about who's doing better or for worse. And I stand behind again. A guy like Shope was like, you know what? Statistically speaking, that play like the way the Bills made the playoffs was not the way that we thought as Bills fans we make the playoffs. And the marketing team at One Bills Drive fucking ran with it because you got to sell tickets, but they don't realize that their fans are so smart they're gonna want to be there anyways. And you don't have to give them an inflated sale. So that's kind of something I've been learning. And my friend Mike talks me off the ledge from flipping my desk. You know what I mean? And. Uh, media has been a really interesting experience for me not to ramble but i gotta go a little more with you so eric turner at cover one he's always been in my corner he's like dude it's like opie and anthony man for for bill's talk he's like dude it's an honor you mentioned it because joe rogan says he got his podcast idea from anthony cumia in the compound right which was anthony cumia um and what the fuck is that show even called i am so drawn a blank you know what i'm talking about right i don't even um, not Howard Stern, Opie and Anthony. So it was okay. an extension of the Opie and Anthony show. It was like Anthony Cumio's little own thing he did at home. He called it the compound. So, um, full circle around Anthony Cumia, I believe used to be the intern for brother Weeze in Rochester. So what brother Weeze did is he decided fuck rock stars all the time. 
I want to interview comedians, and he formed good conversation. So, in in a way, that guy influenced all the way through what we're doing. So when I see people cover the media and they do an awesome job, and for me, thanks to Eric Turner at Cover One for believing in me, he started this thing with uh, I think it's Chad Dolomonicus or something. I forgot his name. He has the one awesome podcast about the Sabers. Uh, I believe it's called Beyond the Blade. And yeah, Chad. Dead Yep, I know about it. Yes, yes. So they started a Grand State Sports Network, and I was at the beginning of that with them. And um, I got to the sidelines with it with my buddy Kevin Masseri from, you know, he was on lockdown. I was back on cover one. And he's in Hilton, so near Rochester, or not Hilton, uh, Brockport. And long story short, um, I didn't realize this at the time, but I just wanted to get in the room, Pat, and just see people's work habits. And you see Vic Carucci, he's got the iPad, the little typer, the little keys attached to it. And I'm like, I have no college education in my life. I just fell my heart from a scaffold. And somehow I'm fucking here on the NFL sidelines at training camp. Like, what is going on? Like, it was so inverted. And it was Sammy yeah. Watkins, fucking Bolden, and... I remember having a conversation with Santra Henderson about Crohn's. I found it so fascinating because I have a couple of friends of Crohn's. And as I'm talking to him, walking back towards the locker room, here comes Sammy Watkins just shuffling his feet. And I'm like, this fucking poor guy can't even walk. And this guy's getting so much shade on Twitter. And it like just drove me even harder. You know what I mean? At the same time, I'm sitting there on Periscope making notes. And I dropped my little Trenta iced coffee and Derek Boyko comes and picks it up. And I didn't know who he was at the time. And again, I know nothing. So me being a network guy, I go up to him on the sidelines. And it looks like he's talking to somebody important. I don't give a fuck. Hey, I'm David. I just want to say thank you so much for picking up my coffee. Really appreciate it. You look like important because you said, hey, one more question. So, oh, I'm in the guide. My name's Derek. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man. Thank you, dude. I appreciate it. And I told him what I did. And it's an honor to be there and shit, you know. So, um. It was really cool to get that opportunity to see how people work and grind. And, and I'm sure all these other guys that are, I'm just so shy sometimes. I, I can't. Granted, I did talk to John Murphy a little bit. He was telling me his son's a drummer and, and this and that. And like, it was like really cool to go from, you know, being a, a commenter, taking a shit, reading comments on Buffalo Rumblings to actually trying to get to the bottom of shit you know and um it's been humbling but it's nothing to really i don't it's nothing i brag to myself about but it's like i have to talk about it to you because i feel like i've never had a podcast like this where we're just talking about covering a team and the shade and and all the nonsense and and the hatred and and everything you got to go through um and i just admire the people that they don't have to go for the clickbait I, i want the whole story but let's, you're not going to talk to your mom about this. You're not going to talk at the tailgate to your buddy about this. This story ain't going to fly. Let's cut through the bullshit. And that's what I like about the guys we've been talking about. Tim Graham, especially. Tim's like I am. Okay. Tim's like, he's an everyday person. Okay. He, he drinks, he says stupid shit. He acts the fool. Sometimes the difference between Tim Graham and 99% of the other people in the country is he's one of the best sports writers in the entire country. But Tim's just an, Everyday dude, man, I'm telling you, I've, again, I've talked to him enough times to get to know him. I've had beers with him, done podcasts with him on the phone. I've done podcasts with him in person. He's just a good dude, man. And I'm, again, most of these guys, and I'm like, look, I'm, I'm trying to, 
be careful here too. Cause I don't want to come off as like this big sports media kiss ass. You know what I'm saying? But they're, no, I think they, not, they need this podcast. They're, good, no, they're normal everyday people. And that's the thing that a lot of fans just don't get, whether it's sports media and especially the athletes. Okay. I've gotten to know a lot of these athletes, I've had them on my podcast and you just, you learn that they're not that different than you. They just are really good at something. In some cases it's sports media in other cases, these guys are just incredible football players. And even the ones who make a lot of money, they don't always live like that. You know, Eric Wood is a perfect example of a cross of both of them. Now he's in sports media. He played for the Bills for nine years, had to retire prematurely because he was injured. I am telling you this right now. I've now I talk, I text with him. I've met him. He's been on my podcast three times. I just did a show with him in Buffalo Live at Sunny Reds in Lackawanna. I would not know, okay? If you didn't know he played for the Bills, I mean, it's hard to not know. That dude's six foot six and chiseled right now, by the way. He lost a ton of weight. He's absolutely he looks chiseled. Great. But my point is, I would not know if that dude was a millionaire or if he made $32,000 a year because he don't act that way. You know what I'm saying? They're just very down-to-earth people. They're just elite at what they do. You know what, too? I mean, how about the inverse, Pat? How about this is all we have and we're retired and I got to go make these fucking hokey appearances and do all this other dumb shit. Like, I'm worth more than just being a fucking former football player. How's that? You know what I mean? Never mind the guys who tried to make it, busted out a knee. They don't get any coverage. They got nothing. Their life is fucked up. Their head's fucked up. They've murdered their family, insert whatever. And it's just like, these people are people, you know? And every, you know, and, and it's part of, not to get, to conspiracy on you here pat but it's part of the whole conditioning package it's part of what makes this economy go is we want 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 and we need material 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 and you know i've been caught up in that too i have a lot of bougie aspects to myself honestly and and you know you look at these athletes and i kind of went through a mini broke doc you ever see that documentary broke 30 for 30 i've Yes, okay. I have. I've seen it. I don't remember much. We but do, I, with I the do promise is these guys get money and they spend it and they're broke. And it's like, how are they so fucking stupid? And it's like, I can tell you how they're so fucking stupid. Like me, I kind of did it with I kind of did it with subcontracting. Frankly, I made good money at a young age, and I just started buying shit. You know what I mean? I decided, oh, I guess I'll buy Dunkin' Donuts all the time. I guess I'll buy Guitar Gear. I guess I'll buy. Shit, I got to buy a house. I got to buy this, you know, and next thing you know, you're spread so thin, you burn out. You don't know why you have a passion for this job anymore. You don't know what you do. And, and, and the players are going through the same thing. We are all yeah. going through the same I, thing. I agree to an extent. I mean, don't get, I'm not qualified to deep dive into financial spending and troubles of athletes and stuff like that. No, I'm but just I know what you're saying. They have I'm just trying to leave. illustrate the point to you about somebody like Eric Wood is that the majority of these guys are at least the ones that I've been fortunate enough to deal with. They're just down there people that are not that different than you and I. They just, in some cases, make a lot more money. In some cases, they don't. You'd be surprised. Some of these sports media people, they might have big names. They don't make all that much money. But regardless of whether they do or not, the whole point is they're just really good at what they do. But besides that, they're just like everybody else. They're not that different. That's kind of like the point I'm trying to hammer home here. You know what they get you with, too, in TV? I would get this with bands. And uh, I'm not going to name the promoter because I'm cool with them now. Because uh, I got some projects in the works, too, so I got to be good. You know what I'm saying, Pat? I can't burn all the fucking bridges. I don't want to book the show and sit at the door, too. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, 
everybody's not everybody, but the 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 wheel is gross because it's it's about press. They sell you on prestige. I go, yeah. So we got to get paid. We drew. We promoted whatever. Well, it's the prestige of playing with that band. Prestige. I know what your bar did. I know what the expenses are. I know what the ticket price is. And stop. Don't prestige me. I want to have a long term relationship with this person, right? Because we're gonna wash one hand washes another, right? So a lot of people put are bred to think that because these guys are on TV, that all of a sudden they're balling. And it's like, no, they're not. I, I've heard some numbers of what these people make on um on what is it? Um shit. I want to say even ESPN. Like they don't make that much money. Not it's not like I don't I don't know. It, I don't it's, know. It's not. It's in the thousands. It's it's not like a million dollars, you know what I mean? A, a dude, like they don't really make that much money, Pat. And and it's crazy because a guy like Eric Wood, you want to talk about a guy. Now I listened to the first few of his podcasts, and um, you know it was really humbling listening to him talk to Richie Incognito. Did you listen to that podcast? Yep, yep. I've talked to him about it. Oh. Yep. I am. I'm a huge Richie Incognito fan, and Richie Incognito's story is pretty much. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of details I don't know, but that's like what to me life is about. It's about learning. It's about growing. It's about learning and 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 grinding and figuring it out. And he's really inspiring because when Eric Wood said, I believe with John Murphy uh, a few years, probably four years ago, you know, he shows up to OTAs and he's burning everybody. Like, he's smoking everybody, like, on the line, in their line group running. And this dude's been out of football, you know what I mean? And to hear him and Eric talk about, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's with the Bills. It's like, hell yes. Like, it can't be better. Now, a little fun fact about this is I had two season tickets. And I had them with an X. And... Like she would just come because I had them before. And then the last two years I've been trying to sell them. And it's, you know how that goes. People come in and then, well, I mean, I can give you 35 bucks. Fuck you, dude. Okay. Can you give me like 40? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm paying like 75 bucks here and the team is sucking. So what I decided to do is bougie out a little bit and get row one, 221 or 231, seat 21. And long story short, Pat, I looked to my corner, middle of the game, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like right above where I was. I've yelled so much ridiculous shit that might have yelled that. Like, my line is put him in a body bag. And if that's ever made it to a TV broadcast, I will be stoked because my friend Scott Campbell's dad, who's like 70, picked up on it and started doing it. And he's a goalie in hockey himself, still plays, you know. So I got my seat here now, row one. It's so much louder. And I look over, and there's Eric Wood and John Murphy making a call about, like, three sections over up behind me. And I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? And and I'm there because I want to get a better view. I want to have – I don't want to freeze to death. Uh, the Cleveland game, my foot, my feet went numb. Um, you know, my, my numb – I had a video from that snow game. It actually hit NFL Network from Instagram. Um, it was, like, an honor, you know, but, like – to see Eric Wood do what he's doing with his life. And again, he didn't know what was going to happen. He's like, I'm doing a podcast. I want to get in the media. I'm not, 
I thought I would have more breaks than I did, as I believe what he said. I don't want to be wrong. And eventually the door opens for him, you know. But when you step back and look at it, it really wasn't even that much time, and I'm so happy for him. I'm not happy about his injury. I know he loves football, but I mean, there's so much more to life than football and in, in, in playing it, and that goes with anything, really. Yeah. It, it, Eric, Listen, Eric's a good guy. It's people like Eric Wood, they make me enjoy doing my podcast. My primarily... My primary purpose of having my podcast is to get an opportunity to interview and have conversations and chat with and get to know people like him and give fans an opportunity to get to know them on the same level. And I'm getting that opportunity. Be one thing if I'm sitting there having a cup of coffee with whoever it may be, just having a conversation. But I feel like I'm doing that. But the difference is I got a couple of microphones and some gear and the whole world is hearing our conversation. That's the thing about podcasting that I love doing. Podcasting for me is still fun. And it's a process that as much as doing the actual podcast itself and having the opportunity to talk to whoever it is I'm going to be talking to on that episode, my favorite part about podcasting right now is still, and it remains, the process of actually putting the, the podcast together from start to finish. That's what I always have enjoyed doing. That's what I continue to enjoy doing most is the actual physical process from start to finish of doing a podcast twice a week. Patrick, so I'm going to switch gears on you. And I know you got to go soon, right? Do you have like seven minutes? Yeah, still got a couple minutes. Okay. So I wanted to bring this up to you. And it's totally about the Bills. And um, you've been a long time, obviously, Bills fan. What? Sure. I had this lens. I don't know if putting you on the spot. I want this answered. I just the the best podcast I've I've listened to now is Buffalo Beat, and and no disrespect to cover one. I I love. I actually didn't really like Aaron Quinn on Twitter much, but when I heard him talk, I'm like, oh, I get you. Same page, same page. Tone, reread it. Tone, you know what I mean. I get him. I'm with him. I yep. get it. You know, more glass half full. So like he ain't just gonna let people shit on Zay Jones. He's gonna be like, here's why I don't think so. Okay, I get that, you know. So what I want to know is how much did Russ Brandon really run shit as far as a draft? Because they mentioned that he drafted Watkins, and it was like a, a a fucking Brandon move. And my hand went up in the air, the same as it did the year before with Manuel, which was, what the fuck is going on? And then my hand slapped down. And with Sammy Watkins, I go, who the fuck is throwing him the ball? So when I have a flashback to the Bills with Sammy Watkins trading him for EJ Gaines, which you know what, the team did get better, but I know Leslie Frazier following the Vikings a lot through my father, and he's always going to figure it out. That defense is always going to figure it out. And then the Bills pretty much liquidate all their assets. I was not and still not totally sold on Brandon Bean, but the drafting has been actually solid. That said, I believe it doesn't take a whole year to pretty much give up on in 2018 to turn it around because you have a limited time with these players. What's going to happen with Josh Allen if Matt Barkley plays well? Obviously, he's the starter. Obviously, you're not putting in Matt Barkley. I'm not going for clickbait here. What I'm trying to tell you is I hate being trepidant to buy in, and then I buy in, like Tyra Taylor, all behind him. What we're seeing in Lamar Jackson is everything Ty- Tyrod Taylor has already done. Everything Ty- Kaepernick's already done. And 
I don't like this. Oh, he doesn't throw over the middle. I don't like this other screenshots, whatever. No, it's chess. Use your players the best you can. And don't tell me it's a thing of turnovers. And then draft the guy who is known for turnovers or have the team put out stuff like, oh, all of his fucking mechanics are going to be fixed and all of his decision making is going to be fixed. And I got to be honest, Josh Allen of the eyeball test is no worse than really any quarterback we've had. I mean, as far as like Fitzpatrick and like EJ Mano, as far as accuracy, I like Josh Allen's game. I'm a supporter. But when they drafted him, and I'm going to shoot it to you here, Pat, I was like, what the fuck? Because what I did not want was I was like, if you pass on Pat Mahomes, and I said this at the time, if you pass on Pat Mahomes, and I was live that draft, by the way, and called the Zay Jones trade-up. When they say trade-up, I go, I think they're going after Zay Jones. His coach from East Carolina is there. You know what I mean? And they butted those two together. That failed. They fired him. And they drafted Josh Allen, and I thought going into that draft, they were more loaded than ever, and I'm just of all places, not Buffalo. Just not Buffalo. Now, I'm not your college football expert, but I could just tell you a guy like Russell Wilson, who always had high accuracy, he passed Flynn on the depth chart that year after they invested a lot in him. And again, I'm going after chess here. What I don't like is fake shit. What I don't like is blowing up Allen to be some awesome quarterback when he hasn't shown it yet. Has he shown flashes? Sure. But as Bills fans... I don't want them to ride or die on some false crap or or be too negative but or too positive. So, like, where do you stand with Josh Allen and the patrons of the fan base? Because I'm here. I'm with Josh Allen, but here's the checkpoints. Number one, if you care about him, yeah, he's got to run. I mean, football favors a run. You know what I mean? So, like, where are you with Josh Allen as far as I don't want to – this is year two – of the quarterback, this is when all the ugly shit rears its head, and that Patriots game was a perfect example of what happens when the quarterback has one bad game, and he's going to do the dumb shit, and of all times to make special teams look like rocket science, and and Josh Allen to have a Wyoming Allen game, as they titled the Buffalo Beat podcast, um, Joe Vascalia and Matt Fairburn there, um, where are you with this right now? I'm not panicking. I'm just saying this was my biggest fear is, no, I don't want Buffalo to get him. They're going to fucking ruin him, and we're going to have to go through this shit again. And if, God forbid, he gets hurt, now we're going to have Matt Barkley show up, and, and Matt Barkley at camp was awesome. He looked good at camp. So I'm really going to let you talk now, Pat. Well, I mean, you left a lot to unpack there for me. Before I talk about Josh Allen, quickly, you you talked about Russ Brandon. I don't know off the top of my head the timeline when he was with the Bills. I don't even remember anymore. But when he was here, yes, he was more than just a marketing guy. He had a lot to do with the football side of things. And there was a time where he pretty much was running the football side of things. As for Sammy Watkins, listen, it's easy to say this, and I've done it before too, okay? I'm not accusing you. It's just the way it is. It's easy to look back now and say that was a terrible thing to do. But at the time, you got to understand something, right? They had just invested the year before a first-round draft pick and a new quarterback who they thought was going to be their franchise guy. The only good receiver they had on the team at the time was Robert Woods. They had an opportunity to go up and get who fired away coming into the draft. Again, it's easy to have hindsight now, but this guy was ranked way ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. and all the other great receivers. That turned out to be a great class. Sure, in hindsight, it was a terrible decision to do that. But at the time, you go out and you go get a guy you think is going to be the next Larry Fitzgerald, one of the best receivers in the NFL. You go out and you get a guy like that. So I don't hate on the Bills. Forever. I still don't to this day for going up 
and trying to get Sammy Watkins. They were trying to get their franchise quarterback at the time, everything that they could do to help him succeed. Then you talked about Patrick Mahomes. In hindsight, absolutely again, or Deshaun Watson for that matter. They had an opportunity to draft either of them. They passed on them and they traded down. They ended up getting Tredavious White. It's a fine corner. It's a great corner, but obviously he's no Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. Again, it was one of those deals where they, the Bills had a new head coach. They hired Sean McDermott. That's the guy they went with. And it's been widely reported and said that he wanted to focus his first year on building a great defense. That's why they traded down, picked up extra draft picks, and, and got a guy who's becoming a shutdown corner. Obviously, if people would have known, I mean, Mahomes, yeah, sure. They would love to go back in time and get him. But, you know, again, it's easy to live in hindsight. Now, the last thing, and this is the thing about Josh Allen. I was not a Josh Allen fan either coming out of college. I had a lot of questions about him. I felt like he's that kind of guy who could be a bust, one of those guys with a big, strong arm, but doesn't really have that much else, didn't have a lot of college production, didn't go to a great school, didn't have a ton of success in college. So, yeah, there's plenty to worry about him. But you got to understand this, too, when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, okay? In a way, their hands are, are tied. All right, Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback. He was not working out. And I'm telling you this, I've talked to multiple players, not forget media. I'm talking to, I've talked to actual players who played with Tyrod Taylor and said he did not know how to read defenses. There were guys every game that were open. He did not know how to throw the football. He managed games. He did get the Bills to the playoffs. So I'm not, this isn't a Patrick Moran's Hayden on Tyrod Taylor's spiel right now. That's not the case at all. What I'm telling you is the passing game was completely and utterly limited with Tyrod Taylor. He didn't know how to read. He didn't know how to progress the second, third, fourth reads in defenses, and that was never going to change. So getting a quarterback after starting to build the defense was always going to be priority number one. There's not a lot of good free agents out there in 2018 to go get, plus they wanted their own guy. And Baker Mayfield would have been their first choice, and Sam Darnold would have been their second choice. The Bills cannot control that. When the Jets moved up from six to three, they knew that the Bills wanted to get Sam Darnold. They moved up. They traded with the Colts and they moved up to three to ensure that that did not happen. So what are you going to do at that point? You need a quarterback. Again, I just explained to you, Tyrod Taylor is not the guy. They were not going to go any further. The Bills were never sure. They could win six, seven, eight, maybe nine games with Tyrod. They did that. They made the playoffs one year. But he's never going to win you 11 games. He's never going to throw for 3,500 yards and 28 touchdowns. So what are you, what are you to do at that point? you got to get a quarterback. So it becomes either Josh Allen or Josh Rosen. It's very early on, but Josh Rosen, and to be fair to Josh Rosen, he's been put in very bad set-up-to-fail situations, first with Arizona and now especially with Miami. But there are a lot of questions about his attitude, and those are things that are still ongoing with his young career right now. So they really didn't have that much of a choice in to take a chance on somebody like Josh Allen, who does have a good attitude. He does have an arm to throw the football in Buffalo, and he's got a lot of physical abilities. And we've seen that the first couple of years with his arms and with his legs. Now, the things that are bad about Josh Allen, I don't know that they're ever going to be fully improved. It's easy to say, he said, he said it himself when he threw that terrible interception against Cincinnati. Well, that's never going to happen again. Well, it did happen again the very next week against New England. He's very turnover prone. That concerns me. Kind of reminds me, I know the comparison is a Brett Favre kind of deal when it comes to Josh Allen. And I buy that to an extent And the, to the extent because they're both gamblers. Now, I'm not saying Josh Allen is going to be the next Brett Favre in terms of being successful, but that's the kind of quarterback he is. And you're going to have to live or you're going to have to die with that. There's going to be games where Josh Allen wins the game because of his legs, because he makes a great play with his legs, or he makes a great throw that few other quarterbacks can make. We've seen hints of that so far this year. He's made a couple throws on the run, avoiding sacks. 
that few other quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe Patrick Mahomes might be the only quarterback in the NFL besides him who can make that kind of play. He's got flaws. There's no question about it. He throws, he makes bad decisions. He doesn't think critically well under pressure. He refuses to take a sack. He's got the mindset that no one guy is going to bring me down. And sometimes it's better to just take the sack. Those are things that he needs to learn. Is he going to learn that? I don't know. I'm not very confident in that, that he's going to. And I'm also concerned about the injuries. I mean, he had an arm injury last year. He's got a head injury going on right now. He's less than, what, 16 games into his NFL career, and he's already had two pretty significant injuries. So that's something to worry about. But I still, I'm not a Bills homer, okay? I'm hard on this team. I jump on the podcast. I, I just blasted Josh Allen. I went on a 25-minute rant on my show earlier this week about him. I was so disgusted with how he played against New England. But I do still believe in the guy. And I also believe very much so in Brandon Bean. I could go on for another hour. We're not, we're not had time, so that's not going to happen. But I could, Brandon Bean is building his football team the right way. Look at this defense. They're legit. They could play with anybody right now. And then he does things that go under the radar that some people don't even notice. You know, all this LaShawn McCoy talk over the last six months, the seeds were planted by Brandon Bean on the first day of free agency when he signed Frank Gore. They knew when they signed Frank Gore, the plan was going to be, I'm not saying it was necessarily Devin Singletary or Bust, but they knew they had three or four guys that they wanted in that draft. They were going to draft him, and then they were going to get rid of McCoy at the end of the summer if that rookie was either not a flop or if he didn't get severely hurt. They were going to cut McCoy, and they liked Frank Gore as that mentor guy. And he's such a good person. He's a perfect person oh, for great the role up, he man. has right now. Absolutely perfect person. 12 to 15 carries a game. Great mentor for a young kid in the locker room. That was the plan. That was Brandon Bean's vision. That was never going to happen with LaShawn McCoy. With LaShawn McCoy, you think he was going to mentor a young Devin Singletary the way Frank Gore's taking him under his wing? That was never going to happen. Brandon Bean has done an absolutely fantastic job building this team. I'm not sold on Josh Allen, but I'm also not ready to throw him up the river yet based on how he's played early on. Again, at the end of the day, you know, we're having a conversation about a team that's 3-1 and one right now, and he has had good moments. But, and, the, and again, the, the last thing to answer your question Last year, when they drafted Josh Allen, not I was not a big fan at the time, but at the same token, they didn't have a lot of options, man. They were not getting Baker Mayfield. They were not getting Sam Darnold. There were no good free agents out there, and they didn't want to give up draft stock and overpay for a high-priced veteran via trade who might not have worked out anyway. So you got to understand that that's the reason why Josh Allen's with the Buffalo Bills right now. And they had their opportunity. I guarantee it would be Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. Well, but for, for out me- of the best – it was a lot of like uh, investment into those prior picks. Like one of them was like I believe Sammy Watkins' second round pick was rolled into the into that. I believe I, I can't remember all the deets anymore. But you know, in hindsight, it's like I have to tell myself like the Bills are going into the bye week at worst three and two. Like what the fuck am I complaining about? And and honestly. It's so I was so fired up after that Patriots game and I'm like, these are all solvable problems. Like just don't beat yourself. Like these are solvable fucking problems. And um Pat, I'll let you go because you're gonna watch hockey, right? Is that what's going on? Yeah, Bubble Sabres opener and uh watch the game, talk about it afterwards, looking forward to it. This was fun though, man. I had a good time Dude, talking with definitely, you. And, uh, man. Kinda all over the place. I kinda like that. A little no rhyme or reason sometimes those conversations. Sometimes those are the ones that work the best, man. Dude, Pat, I would totally, like, bother you longer anytime, even off-air, dude. You're really cool, man, and um, I really appreciate your time in here. So if you want, just please, please tell us 
your schedule real quick and where we can find you. We know we got you on Facebook and Twitter, but where? Like, what is it? All right. Well, again, thank you for the opportunity and uh, to sit down and talk with you. It's the Moranalytics podcast. It is out every Tuesday and Friday. It is available on every major podcasting plat- platform out there. You can also go to moranalytics.com. I have not just podcast episodes, but occasionally I still do blogs, especially with chicken wing stuff, which that could be an entire separate podcast some other time down the road where we could talk some Buffalo chicken wings and the stuff I do with that. But anyway, I have a lot of posts on there. It's moranalytics.com. And then follow me. Basically, the only thing I promote these days is my Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at PamaranTweet. I'm always talking about the podcast, upcoming guests, things that are going on. I throw up some polls just have some fun on there. So follow me there. And again, Moranalytics podcast every Tuesday and Friday. Never know who I'm going to have on, man. I always, I always have a different guest on. So always, I, I, tr- I try to keep it fresh. Pat, honest confession, dude. Um, you're, I'm so stoked to have you on because you're having the conversations with people that I don't have any ties. And my whole goal is cover the bills, cover the bills, keep grinding, grinding, grinding. Until I get interviews. You know, we had Tequila Spikes one time. That was cool. But he was kind of a little stiff, honestly. Um, because, you know, it's just another thing. And But I had, like, the Pro Football Doc. Uh, the guy, David Chow. He does the Pro Football Doc podcast. And he actually, I think, sends a line into Ross Tucker. And, you know, through sports, I've met some great people. I picked up men's hockey at the same time that this podcast started. I really have never watched a full season of hockey. Totally tight in my life. So tonight I'm actually going to watch the Sabres. So it's like, you know, I've learned about locker room culture again and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, your podcast really does it for me. And, um, dude, I can't thank you enough for coming on. So that's Pat, folks. And uh, anything else, Pat? Oh, man, I'm good. Just thank you again for having me on the podcast. A lot of fun. Awesome. And that's Pat. That's Pat. Thank you for any new listeners uh, for tuning in. Um, Not for children's ears, this podcast ever, unless I put in the title Safe for Kids, which I have done some Safe for Kids. Um, As always, this podcast is brought to you by Nuchberger Designs. Rob's awesome. He's an art teacher, does cool stuff, teaches school children, and he makes awesome designs. So find Nuchberger on uh, Instagram. Rob Antonucci, he's in the follows, he's everywhere, I tag him, he's in the tag of this podcast, so please check that out, don't forget that, um, so I want to just touch base real quick on the Bills, love the Bills elite defense, only improving, only improving, okay, and that's all I got for Bill Stotts, so thank you to the new listeners, this wasn't your cup of tea. Let me know. Would love to hear about it. If it was, let me know. I'll do more conversations like this where I say, uh, screw it and just roll tape. Um, and it was just kind of a challenge, honestly, to stay on track. And it's something that if you're a listener to the earlier podcast, it used to be more, I don't want to say it again, like Joe Rogan asked where there's no topics. You press record and go, you know, and you don't think about how many times you might scar face your off bombs. Either way, you know, we're brought to you by Punch Rock Sports, and it's pretty much that brand. So if you know about Punch Rock Sports, you understand that it's just, just go. And this podcast was interesting to just get to know the media on a different level. And I have so much respect for those media members because even though this 
you know, media platform is unfiltered, unscripted, like rude, not necessarily, but as far as I felt like I talked over Pat a little bit too much. So in hindsight, next time Pat comes on, I'll have something tighter and I hope you enjoy this. Let me know if you like these more conversationalist type old school numb bills fan type podcast that's cool um anything else check out instagram you know i'm gonna go live and rail before the game halftime and after the game this past wedding it was tough tim avery got married love tim avery he writes for numbillsfan.com tim's awesome and he got married this weekend so i missed the patriots game but my ticket did sell so i was happy for that and i end up really enjoying my time at Tim's wedding. Let's just say that. And Jeff Knight, powerful Jeff Knight, he got married Saturday night as well. So congratulations to him and Tim Avery. So as always, if you're a fan of the show, tell your friends, let them know, don't put it on for kids. All right. Keep it real and um, have a good night. And, you know, put your faith in the Bills. Guess what? They're going to come out of the bye week no worse than 3-2. and two. And this Tennessee Titans game, I'm going to have a preview up, which I will talk in depth about the whole Patriots game and the solvable Bills problems that we faced. Um, I really want to get into that with Pat, but he has to watch hockey tonight, which I do too. So, you know, really... I appreciate his time. I didn't mean to. I feel so bad. I felt like I run him over. I didn't want to give him his worst podcast of his life, but I feel like I did. So, Pat, thank you again, dude. And uh, subscribe to Moranalytics on um, iTunes and everywhere. So, you have a good one, folks. And thank you for the support. I'm your host, David Palermo. And if you're more into music and stuff and whatever wild stuff, hit up my personal Instagram, David J. Palermo, and you'll see other shit. Thank you. Good night.